Welcome to foreverfit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. With your host, Nicola Riley, personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, here to help you get in the best shape of your life. Hey, welcome to foreverfit.tv. I'm Nicola Riley, your online personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach. Now, you heard me kind of talk about last week where I was sort of saying how it's just so good to be back into my routine. And it's really funny because I've actually been talking to a lot of people this week and who've been away or they've had kind of a crazy December or even January and, you know, visiting things and just things aren't quite normal yet. And it's amazing how much people do crave routine and just crave that structure. And it's the reason why is, you know, our bodies are designed to, we work with nature, you know, we wake up when the sun comes up and we fall asleep when the sun goes down. Our body's affected by the moon, it's affected by the sun, it's affected by the waves, it's affected by nature. And so the more we mess with that routine, the more we crave it and the more our body wants us just to get back into that structure. And so that's why I always use the words routine and structure and just getting that balance back because when you're tired, that is what your body needs. It just needs that routine. It needs just as much as you can count on the sun coming up every day and the sun going down. Your body wants to count on that same amount of sleep and that same amount of activity in your day because that's how like you, your whole cortisol balance works. And this is what like what your body needs. So when we kind of mess up with that structure that's when just our body gets exhausted and when we are tired so if you've got any sort of adrenal fatigue or you are tired this is when you do really want to make sure that you're even more rigid with your routine and when I'm working with clients who um, may have done some MAFDN testing or have got adrenal dysfunction this is where I'm kind of really stressing the importance of getting to bed on time and getting that sleep happening so this is where it's like okay it's important to me that I have really good energy each day so for me um, this may mean that yes I'm going to get to bed at 8 30 each night so it is going to affect choices on the weekend or is going to affect me being social. But there's a whole other 14 hours in your day that you can be social. So it's not a case of that you are missing out and you're turning into a hermit. It's just that you might meet that person for a walk around the mount at 7am or you might catch up for coffee or you might have lunch breakfasts or brunches or you're just changing your choices because you know what's more important to you and it's important to you that you have really good quality sleep. It's important to you that you have really good quality energy in your day. And so, you know, that sleep time, you know, people do it for their kids. You know, they they get there as soon as you see people who've had one-year-old kids or and two-year-old, three-year-olds, um, and they're just really rigid with their sleep times. And they, you know, there's no way they're going to mess up that child's sleep pattern and they'll do everything to make sure that that child's sleep pattern stays the same because they don't want to mess that up because then they've got a cranky child to deal with. And this is the same for us, but we deal with being tired. So I guess I'm just trying to put across that don't underestimate the power that your sleep has and just start to put a massive, massive importance on what this can do for your body, can do for your energy, can do for your goals, your motivation. Last week was all about motivation and energy. So when when you've got really good quality sleep and you're waking up with energy, you can then you're going to have... Um, more motivation to do things and more energy so 
yeah, it's been really quite a cool thing the last month. Just more and more people I'm bumping into. Just that I hear the word routine and I hear that word structure, and it's it's just it's such a powerful thing, and that people um, recognise what this what this means. And so I hope that you two are you are as well. So it's just one of those things that you're just making sure you're getting good quality night's sleep each night. Another thing I want to share with you is my. Um, Green, I'm trying to come up with a name. I think I'm going to call it my Forever Young Green Smoothie. It's, it's, I've been having this, I don't know, about five months now for breakfast, or maybe about three months now for breakfast or lunch. If I don't have it for breakfast, I have it for lunch, or it comes into my day in some way, and it's something that is um, just absolutely packed full of vegetables, and it's just keeps me full all day and yeah it's incredible and I've just put the actual recipe up on um the fruit site and on on my gym and what is in the smoothie is it's a really thick smoothie and I've given it to a few people and most people love it and they're just quite impressed some people don't because it's very thick and some people just don't like you know things blended together so um, but majority of people, I'd say 90% have really enjoyed it and like the taste of it and I've given it to a few people and they really enjoy it and for me, it just makes me feel so good and like we're going to be talking about coffee today and this is kind of my real food kind of energy boost and it makes me feel awesome and so this is kind of like, you know, replacing coffee or caffeine in the morning and it's just, yeah, awesome. So what goes into the smoothie is... So it makes a, a big blender, um, what's the vase, the cylinder thing called? Makes it, that the chocker. So um, into it goes half an avocado, um, about two inches of a big celery, so a slice of celery, so it's about maybe a cup of celery, um, about a quarter of a cucumber, um, but about eight leaves of kale. See, I don't exactly estimate. I'm just sort of chucking things in. Um, then it has frozen banana. And occasionally, I've actually got apples on my apple tree. So I have got putting apples in there. But here's the thing. I always say one piece of fruit for a whole lot of vegetables. But this here, uh, there's two pieces of fruit in this. But this makes a massive amount. And when I'm having a glass of it, there's less than probably a quarter of a piece of fruit in that glass and this is mixed with fibre and fats and this makes massive amounts so per person it's probably less than um, a quarter maybe half half a piece of fruit per, per serving and so um, so yeah it's got banana and, and apple in it off my tree and so these are all spray free all, all organic all incredible foods and I get all of these ingredients delivered from um, my veggie place Mount Whole Foods right to my doorstep um, then inside that then goes um, a whole lot of water I put spirulina in it and I put some chlorella powder in there as well and then I told you it's loaded with stuff and then I have two scoops of I get the garden of life um, perfect raw food that goes two scoops in there and then I put some protein powder of some sort in there so sometimes I don't but if I'm going to have an egg on the side um, but otherwise it's got 
two scoops of protein powder to get some more protein in there and some flax seeds and some chia seeds. So then that goes in with some water and this is absolutely chock-a-block. gets blended up so it takes about three to five minutes to get completely blended so it's really smooth. And then just before I'm about to consume it, I throw in four Brazil nuts to get my zinc for the day. And I also throw in um, some cacao nibs and I throw them in and I blitz it for about five seconds because then that crunches that all up and it blends it all through and then you get these all delicious crunchy bits in your smoothie. And so then that is my smoothie. And so then I put this into a massive jar that goes in the fridge. I pour myself a big glass of that and I pour Ben a big glass of that and so then that's my breakfast drink I have that with some kombucha and that just fills me up and I have that before I go for my walk because I've experimented with going for fasted walks and I've experimented with going for um, you know walks with the bigger breakfast and things like this and this to me is um, the perfect fuel, it then sets me up for my walk and that means when I'm feeling really good my walk will go for really long and then I'll do a workout afterwards and I'm feeling really good. If I go fasted or I you know, don't have breakfast I find that my walks are really short and I find that I don't want to work out because I'm just come home starving and then I get kind of a bit shattered in the afternoon so it's been my wee experiment so um, I always make sure that I have enough of that smoothie to give me a kick to go out for my walk so that I'm not hungry and then when I get back or after I've done my workout I might have another glass and then that's pretty much that set me up for my day and I'm feeling really good and then usually I'll have lunch um, if I'm hungry I'll have lunch earlier and then um, it's lasting me I might have another glass of that as well so it's kind of like this endless big jar that lasts in the fridge and it's just packed full of vegetables it's got the protein in there and it just makes me feel fantastic and I yeah I'd love for you to try it if um get all those ingredients but it doesn't have to have all of those ingredients you can just you can do it simple with just the vegetables and like the banana in there um but the recipe is up on the site with all of those options and yeah try it out and let me know what you think and try it you know you just have it if you are doing the morning walks the same as what I do then I, I, it depends on how I've been going, like sometimes I'll make it, because um, sometimes when I wake up I'll be, I might be tired and so then it's quite a big effort to make this smoothie and so then I might get into the habit of making it in the afternoon um, or after dinner so then it sits in the fridge so then I've got some or I might leave a little bit from the day before in the fridge and so I've got that before I go for my walk. And then when I get back from my walk when I'm re-energized, I then make the big jar again. So at some point of the day, I make this big pot, big jar of it. And that goes in the fridge and then I will drink it. You know, I might, I might not have made it in the morning. I might have eggs on toast in the morning just because I just needed some protein right away when I woke up. And then I'll have it for lunch. Or and So if I have it for lunch, generally I've got it for breakfast the next day, half of it. And yeah, vice versa. But at some point in my day I'm getting this smoothie and sometimes I have it for dinner. It's just one of those things that I get into my day and it's just a real great opportunity to load the body up with nutrients, get all those vegetables in get heaps and heaps and heaps of fiber in and it keeps my gut really healthy and yeah it makes me feel awesome forever young <laughs> I think I might call it that so watch out for that post anyway so today I wanted to talk all uh, so today I'm going to answer some listener questions 
a listener question and I thought that that's where I might head the show for a wee while because I've sort of been wondering what sort of shows you're wanting and I'd love to have your feedback of you know what sort of shows you're wanting me to be doing and um, I've got quite a few listener questions so I thought I'd answer this one today and then yeah hopefully hear from you but I'm thinking this is where I'll head the show for a wee while just answering a whole lot of questions and doing topics around what you're wanting me to talk about. So today's question is, hey Nicola, should I be drinking coffee and what are your thoughts on bulletproof coffee? So it's quite a big thing at the moment, but but what I'll first start with is just talking all about coffee and my thoughts on that and then go into um, the bulletproof coffee. So it's an awesome question and the thing with coffee is it's kind of a... um, it's, there's not a black or white answer, so um, there's a lot of foods that c- can be deemed as healthy or beneficial, and they might have huge research to back them that say they're beneficial, but they're quite, there's not a black or white answer when it comes to an individual's response to that food and whether or not that individual can tolerate that. And so this is where coffee comes in. And there are other products like this, in particular like dairy, legumes, you know, some grains, chocolate, alcohol, and even um, things like tea and nightshades and those sorts of things. And these kind of foods are um, generally newish foods in the whole agricultural time frame. So they've been around um, for only like the past 10,000 years or even less for, for some of these things. And so when it comes to like history and our genetics and like our the way our body works, some of these foods, some of our bodies may not have adapted or can, these sorts of foods can be quite hard for us to digest or we might not have the capabilities to use them. So there's different individual responses when it comes to coffee and when you look at the research on coffee, um, it can be quite hard to work out whether or not it's right for you because it's the research isn't considering like an individual reaction and you can come away thinking even when you look in magazines you can come away thinking that coffee is a really healthy substance particularly when you're looking at all these people drinking bulletproof coffees and you're thinking I've got to get on this if I want to be you know part of the gang (laughs) so if you look at um, studies on coffee and you're comparing um, you know diseases and and deaths and um, mortality there's some like they they link them to coffee and whether or not it's a substance that people should be drinking or whether or not it's something that helps to improve like metabolic diseases or death and things like this and it's really fascinating to look at it but the thing with um, the coffee is that it's not it's not they're not taking into um, consideration the individual person and what's going on with that individual person's response and what they do is they collate an average over a group of people so that average might um, there might be people who do really well in coffee and there might be people who do really poorly on coffee but then they collate that average in the middle so it's quite hard to then work out you know so then they are gathering some good evidence that there is some um, benefits from drinking coffee because they're gaining that average. Because for some people, coffee can be fantastic. 
And this, the thing is, it's really important to understand that um, coffee can, these studies as well, as they drink, they drink quite a lot of coffee. And so they might be drinking like three to four glasses versus some, someone might be able to do okay on one glass of coffee, but they then do really poorly on three to four glasses of coffee as well. And there's, it's, it's again coming back to a real individual person and whether or not, and being aware of what's happening with that person. There's also things to understand of whether, like the quality of the coffee, and one of the things to understand is it could be the coffee that you're intolerant to, or it could be the caffeine that's causing effect on your adrenals that you are having a problem with. And coffee is one of those things that is incredibly heavily sprayed, and so there's a huge, a massive difference between organic coffee and non-organic coffee. And this can then affect those kind of research results, you know. Is it the coffee that's affecting you? Is it the pesticides and herbicides on, the, on it that is affecting you? Or is it the caffeine that's affecting you? So there's lots of different responses that someone can get to caffeine and that can get to coffee. And all of these things depend on like genetics. They depend on where you are at your stage of life. It can depend on your adrenal status. And if you're burning your candle at both ends, so for example, you're sleep deprived, you're overtraining, or you're dealing with like a chronic chronic illness or an autoimmune condition, this coffee can be an incredibly terrible thing for you to be doing. So, for example, if you drink coffee now and you're getting totally jittered, like jittery, or you get really wired and it makes you hard, really hard for you to fall asleep, or you get really tired after you've been drinking, this is something for you to start to pay attention to. Because a lot of people aren't actually aware that when they drink coffee, it actually makes them feel more tired, which then makes them think that they need more coffee. So they end up drinking more coffee because they are so tired because they think that they need more coffee. But in fact, because they're drinking coffee, and the more they're drinking coffee, it's then making them more and more tired. So it's actually working against them. Whereas they think it's working in their favour. And so this is something that's often, you know, you kind of have to step back. And we, we just go through that day-to-day life and we're constantly just going, um, you know, we're just so busy being busy and we're just stuck in that, um, I want to say the word routine, but routine was a good thing at the start of this podcast. So we're just stuck in that kind of rut and we're just, we're doing the same thing day in and day out, but we're not. We just think that we're really tired and it's in fact the coffee that we're drinking day in and day out that's making us tired. So then we drink more coffee and then we don't fall asleep. And so, um, yeah, it's just something to be really aware of. And so all of these things, so like I said, if you're tired, if you're not sleeping well, you're having trouble falling asleep, you are um, craving lots of foods, like, or you're getting like, um, blood sugar highs and lows, it can affect, um, are you wake, like, do you wake up feeling tired in the morning? Do you have energy crashes in the afternoon? Are you kind of like overeating, having difficulty recovering from exercise? Or you have um, like 
a big thing with coffee and adrenals is like postural hypertension where you might stand up really quickly and then you get really dizzy or you might feel sort of nauseous at times. So all of these things are signs of that you, you know you're overdoing it and are signs that caffeine can be affected. So when particularly for example people who overtrain or get exhausted from workouts they might get that short-term buzz and then they just go full noise into a workout and then they're absolutely exhausted on the other side and then they're getting like adrenal fatigue and this is a real big sign so another term for adrenal fatigue is hypothalamic pituitary axis dysregulation so this is called HPA D and this is where you're basically affecting the body that the way that your body's worked and the way your body's able to produce um, its cortisol, produce its hormones, and your body's just becoming really exhausted. So your goal is to bring it back into regulation because when we get adrenal fatigue, you've got this um, hypothalamic pituitary axis dysregulation, so things that aren't in balance. So we want to bring ourselves back into balance, and this is often when... Um, when you go to, um, like, a, a, I don't want to diss doctors or anything because I think they're fantastic for certain things, but often when you go to a doctor for um, adrenal fatigue, they might sort of, oh, here we go, here's another one. And it, the things, it's, um, it is something that isn't um, well, deal with, dealt, well dealt with, I guess, in the medical world because it, it's more of a, um, I guess, a holistic way of looking at the body and this is where we want to start to look at, okay, what are we doing? And often, often what I find is that people do go to the doctors and do go there because they're, they're looking for that quick fix and they're not looking at, they're still drinking the coffee, they're still um, overtraining, they're still not getting a good night's sleep, they're... Um, in a job that they hate and they're doing all of these things but then they're looking for some kind of pill to take you know some vitamin that's just going to give them this energy so they don't have to change any of their habits and I guess that's where I come in and say um, like I said doctors are amazing and I don't want to come across that they're not but we have to take ownership of our own health and if we're making ourselves tired and exhausted because of our lifestyle I think that's where we've got to look at our lifestyle look at what we're doing and really start to get on top of it I guess and this where it does come in with like um the testing that I do because that's where you kind of do get black and white answers of what is going on in your body and you can kind of uncover things if you have got on top of that but with all my clients I don't go to the testing unless I know that they've tried everything else because 90% of the time if you fix your diet if you fix your lifestyle if you fix your routines if you fix all of those things you don't need to head down testing paths. It's only when you've done those things and then there might be something hidden that you can't uncover and that's where you're trying to get down to the bottom of it. But for 90% of the people, get those things right and you're going to be flying and it's going to be awesome. So when it comes to things like coffee, often people, it's one of those things that, you know, they're complaining of being really tired and exhausted, but they just can't let go of their coffee. And if anyone can tell you a story, I'm, I'm the coffee queen, I was a coffee addict, I'm coffee, I love coffee, I'll just sniff coffee now, it's just, I have an obsession with it and I absolutely love it, but my body can't deal with it and so I had to, 
um, make a massive plunge into the world of non-coffiness. And I've still got my coffee machine, I've still got coffee in the pantry, and any time somebody comes around who does drink coffee and loves it and enjoys it, I'll be there making them one. And um, So if anyone who knows me well knows that I love coffee, and if it was hard for anyone to give up, it was definitely hard for me. So um, if I can do it, I know that you can do it. And I've gone through many different experiments with myself. You know, I've gone off the coffee and I've gone off for a year and then I've experimented with having decaf coffee and I've experimented with bulletproof coffee. I've experimented with having just one real coffee. I've experimented with um, um, mycotoxin-free coffee, organic coffee. I've experimented with it all because I wanted to know, like, you know, was it the toxins affecting me? Was it the caffeine affecting me? Was it the coffee affecting me? What was it that was affecting me? And it, 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 I know without a doubt that it would have been there would have been toxins in the coffee that was affecting me. There would have been the pesticides affecting me. But the coffee is something that it just affects me, and I can't. My body just blows out with it, and I. I will have one now and it just blows my brain and I feel, yeah, I feel awesome for about 10 minutes and then boom, it's um, pretty pretty intense. And I used to be someone who would drink five cups, well maybe not five, maybe three or four cups of good quality strong coffee a day and thought that I was thriving off it. But, you know, I was tired and exhausted, so, and I thought I was one of those people who could handle it, and there, I was one of those people that did good on it, and I kept, you know, I'd go off it, and I'd go back on it, and off it, and on it, and it's one of those things that, it does take self-experimentation, and it does take um, the plunge to do it, but it's really powerful when you do find out, you know, is it the coffee, is it the caffeine, is it... What is it that's affecting me? But you've got to make that decision that okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna find find this out for sure. And so, um, you can, some people may be able to tolerate like a really small amount, and that could be like half a decaf or half a regular cup of coffee. And this might be something that you have occasionally, or if you've got any sort of adrenal um, issues, then you want to, you might want to stay away from that for a wee while until they recover. And then you can reintroduce it. And it doesn't mean to say that the person you are today is going to be the same person that you are in two years' time. So you might be someone who's exhausted right now. You might be someone who's tired, jittery, overtraining. Coffee's making you sleepy. You're having trouble falling asleep. And so if you cut that out for a year or a year and a half or six months or however long and then you retest, you might then be someone who can handle a really good quality cup of organic, home-brewed um, beautiful coffee and you have that in the morning with a bit of butter or cream or you might have it with your eggs or you might have it you know just you might have be able to do a really nice bulletproof coffee in the morning or a regular coffee so it's understanding where you're at right now and yeah it's not a black or white answer so the other thing to understand is that coffee is really addictive and so if you're going to get off coffee it's really important that you um Again, you know your personality type. So for me, I go cold turkey. So I cut it off and I know without a fact, without a doubt that seven days is going to be rough. The first three days are pretty awful. And then it just I notice that every day just it 
it's like you know when you're recovering from a flu and a really bad flu and you wake up each day and you you notice a massive improvement each morning that you wake up you're like it's yep I'm better today I'm better today I'm better today when you're coming off coffee it's kind of like that first three days are really tired really sluggish and all you want is that hit from the coffee and then after you get hit day three that it's kind of like you're feeling yourself your energy just start to pick up each day and then generally about day seven day seven day ten you're feeling it's out of your system and you're kind of feeling pretty good so I'm someone who I prefer to go through that versus weaning myself off it so for some people it's better like the cold turkey approach is just not something that they want to go down so they're better off to doing it like over two to four weeks and slowly dropping down on the coffee and just weaning themselves off it so it's really important that you pay attention to your response and pay attention to your body and what's right for you And so sometimes you might feel that if you drink coffee and later in the day you feel really exhausted or your energy crashes, you might think that this is a sign that you need more coffee. But as I said, this is like a sign that basically coffee's screwing up with your adrenal function. And so you need to make sure that you then, you know, you you deal with that and you allow your body to go through that and you're allowing your body and your adrenals to recover. So if you were to drink that coffee, you might feel like you're jittery and kind of wired afterwards or sort of hyper-stimulated, but that's not a good thing because it just means you've kind of just pushed your adrenals up to another level that they're not ready for. And so you might get this natural lift, or sorry, an artificial lift, and it may be a small improvement in your mood, but then it's going to have a big effect on your body's systems and energy production, and it's going to affect like the way you wake up the next day and things like this. So people who sort of believe that they're able to, to sort of live off coffee, and they think that they, you know, that they're the ones, the majority who can do well on it, they often then just may need to sort of question whether or not they actually are and whether or not, you know, they might be blaming things on why they're so tired and exhausted and it can in fact be the coffee that they're drinking. So if you're someone who's sort of listening to this right now and you're staunchly sort of thinking, yep, I'm I'm the I'm the person who can do coffee, I'm it's okay for me, I'm I'm that percentage of person that can do it. Maybe um you just sort of need to be honest and work and just ask yourself those sort of questions you know does this coffee affect am I getting a good quality night's sleep am I waking up with energy the next day do I get am I overeating because when your adrenals are exhausted and you are getting highs and lows with your energy you're going to have highs and lows with your blood sugar and particularly for me I got massive effects with just cravings and wanting sweet things and that was all because of the caffeine and the exhausted adrenals from drinking that so um if none of those things are happening, then by all means, having that cup of coffee a day is an awesome thing to be doing, if it, long as it's really good quality coffee. And so there's other things that are signs of whether or not um, the coffee's affecting you, and this is things like exercise, and whether or not you're improving with your exercise, like are you getting fitter, or are you sort of getting more and more exhausted from your exercise? And there are other signs with it as well that you might be feeling really jittery or agitated after you drink coffee like a short fuse or you might um, just not feel very good after you drink it and so you might feel sort of 
days where you feel a bit nauseous or dizzy. And there's a lots of different mechanisms that get affected by your coffee. And one of the things can be like, like I said, there's caffeine, there's coffee, and there is um, the like mycotoxins and pesticides that are in the coffee as well. So there's lots of things that can be um, affecting you. And so this is why you want to really cut cut out the choices. So you choose organic coffee, and so then you're cutting out the pesticides. And if you can choose organic coffee that's got like low low mycotoxins in it as well, um, and or you could cut out the the caffeine and go for the decaf. So when it comes to like the benefits of coffee, there's studies that show that coffee can lower the risk of Alzheimer's and dementia, and coffees are high in antioxidants. And so all of these things are great, and antioxidants help produce oxidative stress in the brain that can help with brain function, like cognitive function. But you really need to ask yourself and ask your body and and be honest with yourself is like, Am I getting, am I drinking it for these benefits, but these benefits are being outweighed by the negative effects that are on my body? And often people will do that, you know, it's just like, no, coffee's good for me, I read it, it's it's going to help keep my brain strong, it's going to help prevent Alzheimer's, but I'm willing to go through all this adrenal fatigue, lack of sleep, all these things, so I'm going to keep coffee in there because I believe that it's, I want to get these these benefits from it. And so coming back to that thing where, um, it doesn't mean that this is permanent and coffee may be something that's okay for you, but if you're fatigued and exhausted, you want to cut it out, let the body repair and then come back to drinking a really good quality cup and drink it for its benefits if you can handle it in a quantity that you can handle. But you need to go through the process to eliminate, repair, recover to allow that to happen. And so there's lots of different... Um, so coffee also depends on whether or not, on the, on the individual person. And so you need to figure out where you you are and, and what that means to you. So if you're someone dealing with adrenal fatigue, you're not sleeping well, you're overstressed, coffee is most probably a bad idea, and, or at least you should be really cautious with it until you get you your sleep really well, until you get your cha- training regime really solid, like you're getting movement into your day. And then you're doing all these things and then you might, then you may be able to put some coffee into your day and see how you go. The other thing to understand is that coffee is quite cross-reactive. And so when it comes to um, actual coffee, so all of what I've talked about above is kind of talking about the caffeine and its um, response with your adrenals and what this effect has on your body. So when it comes to the actual substance of coffee, it's important that this has a cross-reactive, um, it's cross-reactive with people with a gluten intolerance. So there's a whole bunch of different sort of proteins that are out there in different foods that people who are gluten intolerant tend to react to. And th- these are things like your dairy, corn, corn, soy, potato, some things like um, tapioca, chocolate even, and coffee is a big thing. And one of the most common substances that's cross-reactive with people with gluten intolerance is, in fact, coffee. And so this means that if you do have a gluten intolerance and you do get severe reactions with gluten or you've been diagnosed with celiac or non-celiac, 
then coffee is something that's going to have more, most likely going to have a cross-reactivity with it. And what that means is the body thinks it's the same thing. So the reaction that you get with a gluten intolerance, your body, you consume coffee and your body thinks, oh, gluten coming in, you get a, a similar inflammatory response coming in because it, seems it sees it as a similar substance. And so this study shown that people who have like a gut irritant or gut inflammation and that they have or any sort of gut um, inflammation that when they are consuming coffee that they can get a higher um, sense of reaction particularly if they're intolerant to gluten when the gut's already inflamed and so when it comes to making those choices this is where you might then go okay so if coffee's cross-reactive to gluten and I know I'm gluten intolerant but I really want that caffeine fix. Well, this is where you might experiment with green tea. And so this is the path that I've been down. And so I'll have green tea for my caffeine. But then lo and behold, I get addicted to green tea and end up having too much green tea and then get exhausted. So I have a bit of an addictive personality. So I'm only allowed things every now and then. And so for me, it's Coffee is extremely cross-reactive, but then also the caffeine is no good because of the adrenals. And so these are the things that you do. You test your body out because the only way to know um, know the truth is to try these self-experimentations. And this is, you know, the whole biohacking and working out what's right for me and um, and what works. And so to to know whether or not coffee works then you cut it out and then you'll just do a test on caffeine and see if the caffeine is the thing that is affecting you or or it's the coffee and so whether or not um then you might want to experiment with decaf and you want to make sure that you use like a cold brewed decaf like swiss sort of method that helps that hasn't got all the chemical processing in it and you might want to experiment because then you're cutting out the caffeine but you're just using the coffee and seeing if it's the coffee. And so with all of these kind of things, you might find that you do worse with decaf because it's actually the coffee that's making you feel really sick or ill or affecting you. Or you might do worse with the green tea or and you might find that you've got to cut out both, which is what I've had to do. And like I said, if it was hard for anyone, it was definitely hard for me. So um but that doesn't mean I can't have green teas every now and then. I just can't make them a daily habit because when I do that, that's when it builds up and um, over time I get exhausted. So just making sure that you don't, you just do those experiments and and don't sort of, it's never black and white is what I'm trying to say. So if you see something written in a paper and it's, you know, this is amazing, you need to be drinking it because everybody else is doing it, you need to be drinking it, then um don't think that that's exactly what you need to be doing. It's all about knowing your body. And so the other thing to understand is that often when you go on holiday, you might have absolutely no trouble with a really good quality coffee. But then when you find when you're in your day-to-day life and you're in your day-to-day routine that you just can't operate with that those kind of the stress levels up there because when you're in your day-to-day routine you might be going to work and your adrenals are kind of already pumping but then if you have that coffee or maybe two or maybe three just pushes you over the edge and it's a completely different environment to if you're lying on a beach in a holiday somewhere so allow yourself to um 
you know, again, experiment with that situ- the different situations and, and understand the difference in the different contexts of your lifestyle. And our day-to-day weeks when we're working is a completely different effect on our body versus, um, you know, a holiday situation. So all of these things are really important to understand of understanding Ask, when you ask the question, should I drink coffee? And it's just not a black or white answer. And you've just got to do all of these sorts of experiments. So when it comes to bulletproof coffee, number one, you've answered all of these questions, you've done all these experiments. So then it's like the bulletproof coffee, it's, it's adding in some good quality um, butter into your coffee and then it's whipped into a... Um, a frothy coffee and it's it's delicious because of course I've done experiments on myself to see if I can handle it but alas no I can't and so for me it's bulletproof broth that's what I have where I have my kombucha or my green smoothie in the morning and this I get way more superpowers and energy and motivation from all of these kind of drinks than any sort of coffee has had for me, but I'll still sniff my coffee when I make it for people when I love it. So um, so the Bulletproof Coffee, it comes in context. So um, it's been deemed from there were, um, oh, I can't think of the word, um, <laughs> The guys hiking in the Himalayas, this is where it's it's naturally um, been made uh, and Dave Asprey has trademarked Bulletproof Coffee. So he's um, behind Bulletproof.com and Bulletproof Coffee is basically putting butter in your coffee and he was hiking in the, I think I want to say the Himalayas and that's where he discovered they were drinking butter in their coffee and they were able to then to hike for hours and they felt amazing so in the context of mountains and snow and not having access to a lot of food and not much stress that kind of thing is fantastic when it comes into your day-to-day life what I find with people having it is that they might then you know they're throwing all this butter into there but then they're throwing they're not um it's not in the same context, so you might be throwing all these calories into your coffee, and but not changing anything else. So things are good in context, and having your butter with your coffee is incredibly beneficial for your gut, because butter's amazing, it's loaded with vitamin A, D and K, it's really good for like gut healing, and so if, for example, you're one of those people who's really does really well in coffee it's a good idea to have your coffee with some fat in it because this is going to help stabilise your blood sugar levels. It's going to give you long-lasting energy. It's going to make you feel um, satiated and it's going to make your energy last for longer. If you're someone who doesn't do well in coffee but you have, you think you want to try the um, the Bulletproof coffee, then you kind of, again, it's that whole, um, uh, you know, it's those studies that does well for some people and not well for another, but just because you're putting butter with it, doesn't make the coffee even better so you're still going to have those negative effects from the coffee so it comes back to the coffee and can you handle butter as well and if you are someone who can handle coffee and butter going bulletproof is fantastic and I highly recommend it and I wish that I I was one of those people that could do it but I can't and so um, butter in my broth is my way of keep of doing those kind of things and it's awesome and makes me feel fantastic so I mean, going, just do these experiments with your body. Make sure you're testing it out properly. 
and don't just think because something's a craze at the moment or because lots of people are doing it or because you've read you know studies today show that coffee is this it it's all about the individual person and what's right for that individual person so I hope that's answered your question in plenty of detail and given you something to go on with and you can't beat self-experimentation and just trusting your own body and just not ignoring signs and symptoms. If you're tired and exhausted, just ask yourself, what am I doing to cause this and what can I do to change? And this is where I come in. Like, this is what I do and this is what I help people and this is what, like, online gym's all about is I have huge amounts of detailed questionnaires helping people really fine-tune their diet, get to the bottom of things, improve their lifestyle and just really understand what's going on with their body so that they can improve things and start to thrive and feel fantastic. So... If you are sort of questioning, you know, is this something I should be doing, if it's something I'm not, then just check out the online gym and check out all those questionnaires and get them, and this is where I can help you personally fine-tune things and get to the root cause and help you just get on top of everything, and it's, yeah, just an awesome tool to be able to do that. So if you are going to take the plunge and get rid of the coffee and try my green smoothie, let me know, let me know what you think. And um, yeah, I hope you have a fantastic week. And if you've got any questions or topics that you want me to discuss next week, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Otherwise, I'll talk to you really soon. The materials and content in this podcast are there to educate and to inform. There's no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Instead, I encourage you to discuss your options with your healthcare provider who knows your condition and your health history. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience and conclusions. Nicola Riley encourages you to make your own healthcare decisions based on your research and in partnership with your qualified healthcare professional. Do you lack time? Are you just too busy to exercise? Do you struggle even to find the energy or the motivation to exercise? Then get ready to take your health to a new level in the comfort of your own living room. Fat-burning workouts as short as 8 minutes. Yoga routines to de-stress and sculpt and tones to help you create a lean, strong body. Learn how you can create real health and wellness with VIP nutrition and wellness advice in the online gym. Here you will find over 400 video workouts from yoga, tai chi, high-intensity interval training, sculpt and tones, mobility routines, extremes, and so much more. New workouts added weekly, along with cooking classes, menus, meal plans, webinars, and over 500 recipes to help you get in the best shape of your life. Sign up today at foreverfit.tv forward slash online dash gym.